Every day is an opportunity for you to learn something that sets your home improvement or home services business apart from the competition. Let's make today one of those days. This is a podcast for home improvement and home services marketing. This is Built By. You've got to be adaptable. You've got to find a way to accommodate an uncomfortable customer. If you're not getting the home advisor leads in the first five minutes, you shouldn't even do it. Hopefully we're eating their lunch while they're trying to get back up and running. Hey, what's up, y'all? Matt here with Hatch and another episode of Built By. I hope everything's going awesome for you on this Thursday, February 25th. We're back on the rails this week after a week full of postponements and cancellations and ice and winter weather. Uh, things are looking up. It's like 65 degrees today. Uh, great weather. My guest from last week, Tess Whitler, is the guest this week, and she totally proves why I was so excited to have her on. Um, this is a great episode, and I, I want you to continue watching because we really dive into content marketing. And before I do, I want to tell you a quick story because that's what content marketing is all about, right? This is a life lesson I learned. Uh, yesterday, I was at the driving range. It's like 65 degrees here, almost 70. Uh, it's amazing. That's like Virginia weather for you though. It goes from like the worst ice storm we've had to like 70 degrees within the span of a day. The reason I'm so excited is because I can finally get out and start hitting golf balls again. Not to say I haven't, but it's been like 20 degrees and kind of like torture because my back goes out every once in a while. So I'm back out. I go to this driving range near my house. It is the worst driving range you've ever been to. Uh, the balls look like marbles. Uh, when you hit the ball, it dies in midair like a wounded duck. It's uh, it's not pretty. So I was there hitting balls, and they have a tractor mechanism that like collects the golf balls. I don't know why they had like a 15-year-old kid driving this thing around, but he hit a hill, and the mechanism on the front that collects the golf balls like just completely broke off the front. Tractor ran over top of it. The kid's like gets out and is like standing, like scratching his head. Like, how could this happen? Well, it's obviously because you just took a hill at like 50 miles an hour in a tractor with a golf ball collector. So instead of shutting down the course, like any sane driving range would do in an event like this, they just made it an obstacle like out there and people started aiming for the tractor. They had to pause people from hitting like every 10 to 15 minutes so they could go and handpick balls to bring back to the range for people. I mean, at first I was a little annoyed, but uh, I then realized like I'm witnessing one of the greatest like obstacles to overcome for a business, which is like the main thing that keeps us in business. This thing that collects all these golf balls is out of order. So we're going to pivot immediately and just send out these kids with like buckets to pick up golf balls. Genius move, insane move. I don't know. Either way, I was thoroughly impressed. And then I started thinking because I was sitting there for 15 minutes waiting for them to finish handpicking the balls. How does this relate? How can I make this a podcast lesson? Uh, and it, uh, it hit me. I mean, this is honestly what happened last year for a lot of businesses on the marketing side. So many home improvement, remodeling, home services businesses rely on those in-person home shows, those events, right? That got swept out from underneath them and they were left scrambling, you know, how are we going to fill the funnel for the rest of the year? So like my friends at the driving range who are either genius or insane, however you want to view it, there's really no in between. It's either one of those extremes. 
um, a lot of the businesses I talked to last year started pivoting into other areas with their marketing. And this is a great segue into my conversation with Tess Whitler today on the podcast. Um, content marketing is something that lives forever. It's evergreen. It's always on your website. It's always out on social media. Um, this is a leg of your marketing that if everything else fails, you will still have this and you can still promote this. So on the podcast today, um, Tess is going to give some insights into you know how she got started in the industry, um, when she started freelancing for a lot of these companies, uh, building their content marketing out. She gives like actionable strategies to um, you know when to post, what to post, and there's some great resources I've linked down below. Definitely check those out. She gives away 52 free content ideas. I mean, that's that's content, you know, once a week for an entire year. So definitely get that. At the end, she gives some really, really good advice for starting a newsletter um, for homeowners that she's seen results with herself personally. So there's a ton of good stuff in here. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and kick this episode off. Again, this is Tess Whitler, and I'll see you on the other side. fell into this industry. I needed a job in college and I ended up working as an admin assistant for a local sprinkler contractor. No idea what that was at the time, you know, and uh, we wore 50 million hats. So of course it started out with answering phone and doing data entry and, you know, scheduling jobs and stuff like that. And then it turned into being on the job site, you know, because they needed an extra you know, set of hands. And um, so I worked for him all through college and I uh, absolutely loved it. I, you know, I even considered changing uh, uh, majors in college and going away from English lit and journalism, which is what I ended up doing to construction management. But I just, I, I couldn't make it affordably. I couldn't do it at that, at that point in my life. So, um, and then after college, I wanted to, I was in a small town. I wanted to move to a bigger city. So I moved to uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and got a job with the Pennsylvania Builders Association in their government affairs department. So then I learned all about the legislative side of the industry, the regulatory side of the industry. And um, from basically, uh, you know, again, admin assistant, but that changed to other things. I did a lot of legislative analysis and attended committee meetings at Capitol Hill, just again, for another set of eyes and ears on, you know, when people had to be in five different places at once and learned about that side of the industry. And then I got an opportunity to work for a local home builders association, um, in a different capacity. So on top of government affairs, I also did education and membership, public relations, marketing, you know, all, home shows, pray to homes, all of that stuff. And um, I just, I, I love the industry. I mean, I fell into it, but I, I love the, the fact that it's a lot of smaller companies uh, working for a common cause. Um, and then I, I decided to base my freelance business off of that. So um, I, you know, started freelancing and doing content marketing for um, builders and remodelers, um, home improvement people, you know, H the HVACs and, and those types of guys. And then painters was another another category. 
And um, I've just been rolling with it. Certainly, I've had other clients in different industries, but this is the industry I know and love. And I kind of get geeky when we start talking about building codes or um, stormwater runoff management or, you know, some of those some of those off the wall things that, you know, most people don't understand that piece of the industry. And then I get to write about beautiful kitchens and, you know, remodeling projects and the behind the scenes of the mechanicals of how things pull, get pulled together. So I get a wide variety of things uh, yeah. in this industry. That's awesome. Um, you know, it's really cool going back to, you know, you were um, majoring in English. Um, I believe you said English lit. And when you think of content, obviously writing is such a huge component of that. Um, so it's cool you're able to like marry that, you know, your skill set from back then, um, love to write, and then uh, to do what you're doing today. Um, what's really interesting to me and whenever you're talking to like a business owner or, you know, someone, um, you know, that you're freelancing for, when you first bring up the topic uh, content marketing, is it kind of a blank look on their face? Are they like, what is content marketing? Um, and I'd love to, you know, hear your kind of description of that um, and how you view content marketing. Sure. So I don't think it's a blank look like it was maybe a decade ago. I think people understand uh, that there's content marketing out there, but they still usually call it blogging. Um, but content marketing is so much more encompassing than than blogging, right? So it's all about trying to um, share the right type of message to engage your audience to get them to do something, whatever that something is. And you know, um, content. You know, I I approach content marketing the way a lot of marketers do. It's all about education. It's all about sharing information. Certainly, there is a piece where you want to sell. I mean, because we're all in business to sell, but it's really about helping. Uh, you know, in this case, our homeowners, helping our homeowners understand the the building remodeling process or whatever it is that that you are trying to do with your business. And it takes all kinds of forms. So, you know, a lot of my clients call it blogging and that's certainly one form of content marketing, but Hey, we got videos, we got podcasts, we have social media. Um, we have, um, infographics. I mean, there are so many different ways that you can take content and share it out to your audience to be effective, to help them understand the process and help engage them um, to look, get to know uh, your services better and get to know you as a company, as a business better. Very cool. So boiling it down, uh, content isn't just blogs and articles. It's <laughs> eBooks. It's it's stories. It's customer testimonials. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, basically everything is content, right? In fact, uh, one of one of the marketing gurus I follow—that's her hashtag: uh, content or everything is content. And so, you know, you think about everything you do. You know, all the pictures that you take on the job sites, the progress photos, those are content in and of itself. But then you can turn those into project stories and create something even more robust from those project uh, photos. Um, you can take um, you know, you have lots of vendors, right? So especially remodelers and, and home builders, they have they have vendors that they work with. Well, you can create a you can leave a whole story that's much more robust by incorporating them into that story. So yeah, absolutely every you know, you look around and everything you do every single day on the job site, in the office, that that's all content. Everything you're sharing on social, that's content as well. Interesting. <laughs> um, you know, you you mentioned about a decade ago. 
people had no idea what content was. And there's definitely been a paradigm shift, in, especially in the last few years. I mean, you look at, um, I, it seems like everybody I talk to has heard of Marcus Sheridan and they ask you answer in that philosophy. Um, when you were working in the industry and you know consulting for these companies, what was the big shift that you saw where they realized, hey, it's not just paid advertising and going to events. Like this is something we should really add to our marketing repertoire. Right. So, you know, I can think a couple of things were happening about the same time I started my business. So I started my business in 2007 and a lot of things were changing at that time. Um, number one, traditional marketing wasn't working the way that it had at one time. Um, on top of that is, is for a lot of the smaller businesses, it wasn't affordable to begin with. So when I talk about traditional marketing, I talk about, um, you know, radio, television, uh, print advertising in magazines, newspaper, ma newspaper advertising, all those traditional pieces, they weren't, they weren't as effective as they once were. And on top of that, they weren't easily measurable. So you would, you know, spend $1,500 on an ad for a magazine, and you had no idea if that would be effective for you, you know, you were taking a chance. So so that was one piece that was shifting. The other piece is that consumers were shopping for things differently. So the internet really bloomed um, during the, the early and mid 2000s. So then all of a sudden, you had different ways of people shopping for services. So home shows were still pretty effective at that point. Um, but consumers were shifting away from those traditional ways of finding contractors and going to the internet. And that's when uh, clients were coming to me and, and basically they were coming to me for the need of, uh, we don't have a website and we know we need one, or we have a website that's a static page that just has our phone number and our address and some basic information. And we need to, we need to make it more robust. So that was, that was kind of the need uh, that was happening at the time. And then from there, just fast forward just a couple of years, that's when blogging really started taking off, right? And so they started understanding the value of blogging. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just to push content out. Um, it was to help create those conversations with homeowners and to um, couch you as the expert in your industry. Um, and that's where the Marcus Sheridan, Sheridan that, you know, everybody in this industry really has followed the, his story. Right. So he, he was just desperate from what I understand. He was just desperate from, uh, you know, he needed to pull some business in and he had no money to do so. So he's like, well, I'm just going to blog. And so every single night after his day in the field, he would sit there and he'd talk about swimming pools and he would blog about it. And he would add that content to his website. And I think that, you know, so there was a lot of different things happening at that time. But I think the two big things were, you know, number one, uh, traditional marketing just wasn't as effective. And us as consumers were going in a in a different direction for finding the information we were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting with that, with that uh, Marcus Sheridan example, you know, going home after a day in the field and just hammering out blogs with mm -hmm. questions that his customers were asking. And, you know, I think that's one thing that we have seen or I've seen is, you know, there's some, some skeptics still out there when it comes to content marketing, because it takes time to really build a really good library. And it takes time, it takes commitment, 
and you don't really see dividends right away. It usually takes a few months before you start seeing web traffic hitting there, you know, SEO, um, Google picking those things up. So when you're talking to a business owner um, who has, frankly, he, he wants results, you know, soon, how do you kind of talk around that um, with an owner, you know, to get buy-in on content marketing? Sure. So, you know, it, it is a longer game. So you aren't going to see absolutely you're not going to see the dividends of content marketing uh, having like right away. Having said that, I think if you do SEO organic uh, research the right way, it, like your example of sharing those questions, those frequently asked questions that your consumers have. I think you're going to see that a lot quicker than if it's just some random, random topic, you know, so it has to fit your business. And I think the other piece of that is, is that you can take that organic uh, SEO content. And when we talk about that, I talk about, you know, blogging, but it can be a web page too. It can be a web page too. And you can take that and then today we have so many different ways to repurpose that content. So I'm really big at, you know, let's first start this, start with a strategy. So to answer your question, let's start with a strategy. What are some of the what are the pain points of your of your audience? What do you need them to know about you? Um, and uh, how can you help them? So we start identifying those questions, those topics for content, and then we then we start figuring out. Okay, well, that's what's the best way to answer those questions or to get that content out, and. Um, I always advocate for making sure that it resides on the digital property that you own first. So that's your website. It's not Facebook. It's not YouTube. It's not all those other Instagram. They're all groovy and great, but put it on your website first. And then from there, we can disseminate it and we can take those, those pieces of content and chunk it out and put it out into other, into the social media platforms. So that's kind of, I kind of answered more than more than just your question, but um, you know, it's it's really about finding those topics and then finding the best bang for your buck, right? So, um, if that's what your if your immediate concern is to try to get the content marketing working for you as quickly as possible, first number one, you got to understand that it's not going to happen overnight. But then, secondly, let's identify what those topics are that are going to be searchable so that we can get you found as quickly as possible. And then third piece of that is let's come up with a strategy to disseminate that information and get it out there. So you're also pulling people back into your website. That's awesome. Um, you know, a big piece of this is it, it's kind of a balance, right? It's consistency. So you're posting things, you know, keeping up to date and it's also quality. You want to actually put things out there that are relevant for homeowners, right? Um, you have a great piece of content and you shared it with me and I'm definitely going to um, link it in the YouTube description and the page and everything, which is um, 52 content ideas. So that's a content idea every week. Um, you know, that's consistency. Is that what you see as like kind of the secret sauce is, you know, um, post something that's pretty quality that is relevant to homeowners once a week and you'll start seeing some results? Yeah, I mean, if that's doable. So um, absolutely. I mean, Google, I'm going to use Google, but it's all search engines. Google likes fresh content. So if your website is stagnant and you're not adding anything to your website for months and months and months, it's going to take longer for Google to spider back to your website 
to be able to find that you've had fresh content. Whereas if you are, if your website is known to be consistently updating on a regular basis, whether that's weekly, biweekly, monthly, whatever that is, it's going to know. And so that content's going to show up quicker in the Google searches. So yeah, I mean, I, I look at it this way. If you, if you are able to update your website and, and do content once a month, you're doing great. And if you can do that consistently, then let's try to do it every other week. And then once you master that, let's try to do it, you know, weekly. Um, so, and you know, some weeks, some weeks are off and some weeks aren't, you know, the other, so yeah, that's absolutely part of your secret sauce. The other thing that I, I also am a advocate of is batching content. So, um, it might be really hard to carve out time once a week to write a blog article or uh, update a page on your website. But if you can say, okay, well, I have this day and this is going to be my content day and you can churn out three or four, you know, good solid drafts, then all you have to do is update those you know, to refine those and you can push those out. And, you know, most websites you can schedule things out. So you can schedule it out a couple of weeks in advance. So then you have that content going. You could sit down once a month and batch out your content for the, for the next month. I love that uh, idea of, you know, making one day a content day. And I think that's like a really cool thing that, um, you know, every marketer can, can make, you know, just, just knock it out. It's, it's more than just, you know, content for your website. It's when you start writing about this stuff, you start becoming more of an expert and you feel more confident when you are doing literally anything else when it comes to marketing for your business. So that's a really cool. It becomes cool easier. Yeah, yeah, it becomes easier. So practice makes perfect. It's just like, you know, okay, so spring training for baseball just started, uh, this week or last week or something like that. And, and so you have to, you have to practice that, you know, and it's the exact same thing with writing content. And we're, you know, I'm, I'm focused on writing content because that's my specialty niche and that's, but it can be shooting videos. It can, it can be, you know, putting together a, a, a video clip of your, of your projects and doing a project story. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of different things you can do, but whatever that content medium is for you, whether it's writing or video or audio, um, then just batch that out. And I, you know, I know that I have to do that for my own business. I'm sure you're doing that for your business and it, it just, it helps and it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, but just get those ideas on that piece of paper. And then as you're watching the hockey game some Thursday night, make sure it's the Caps game, by the way. And, you know, you can you can refine that con that content and it but it does. It becomes much easier if you do it on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm living proof of that with this podcast, actually. You know, I start I've never done podcasts before and we're up to episode 26 or 27 now. And it's just like a. It, it's a, it feels natural now. It feels so much more comfortable kind of doing this thing. Um, and you just get better at it. It's a great point. You know, in your years of expertise and in, in working with home improvement businesses, um, what are some of the best like pieces of content that you've seen or like some of your personal favorites that you've put together and, and seen success with? So, I mean, we obviously have talked an awful lot about website stuff. So I'm a big advocate of, you know, uh, I'm going to say it again, you know, invest in the in the digital real estate that you own, which is your website and your email list. Those are the only two things that you own. 
everything else, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of those, they can go away, they can change. Um, so that's the first piece. But the thing that I really like the most is uh, email newsletters. And um, I've seen a lot of really good, good success, especially in this industry with a really small list. So you don't have to have a list of 5,000 people or, you know, even a thousand people. I've worked with clients where their list has started 150, 175, you know, prospects and past clients, and they see great results. So, um, so I really like email newsletters. Um, and then with that, I also work with, uh, with contractors to, do project stories within those email newsletters. So let me share that with you a little bit. Um, a project story is nothing more in my mind than, you know, you're sharing the the project, uh, the story of a project that you recently completed, whether it's a kitchen remodel or a outdoor living space or, you know, any of those things. And we do it in story form and we use your pictures along with telling the story of, so what problem was the consumer trying to the homeowner trying to solve? Why did they come out, come to you with, you know, why do they need to remodel their kitchen? Well, they need to remodel the kitchen because it was from 1970s and it was ugly, you know, or it wasn't functioning properly. So we, we tell that piece of the story and then it's OK. So what were the challenges? So what's really cool about especially the remodeling side or the home improvement side of this industry is that you never know exactly what's behind the walls until you open them up. So you always come come up with some type of challenge, whether it's, oh my goodness, there's a whole bunch of horsehair plaster behind here that I never expected, or we found a safe, you know, I've written stories where they found a safe, you know, that was drywalled shut and they open up the safe and there's really nothing in it, but they open up the safe, you know, from the early 1900s, um, you know, or you might find some other issues, you know, maybe there was some termite damage, or maybe there was some beautiful hardwood floors underneath the linoleum that they weren't anticipating. So you tell those stories, what challenges the home improvement contractor found. And then of course you, 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 you talk about the results. So, you know, you show a lot of before and after pictures of, you know, how the space looks before, as opposed to how it looked after. So I marry those two well with uh, email newsletters and they work really, really well because number one, homeowners love those types of stories. And secondly, that's content that you can also then, not just your email newsletter, but it works really well on your website um, in, you know, your project spotlight section of your website. It works really well on social media and it's timeless. So that's the other piece that I try to work with my clients is that, you know, let's, let's not just write something about trends. Those are cool, but let's try to write content that is going to live for a long period of time. So we write a project story and you might've done the project in 2015. Well, you can still share that information on social media now, and it's still going to attract people to your business. So I've seen a lot of success with that. Um, I have one client that I did uh, email newsletters for, and it seemed like every, and we only did five a year because that's all his, his budget could, could afford. And it seemed like every single time he sent out his email newsletter, he got a prospect call on him and saying, you know, I'm finally ready for, to talk to you about a, you know, that remodeling project that I talked to you about two years ago. Do you have some time? So he's, you know, he had some great success with the email. He does still have 
great success with the email newsletter. Um, so that's always one of my favorite projects. Awesome. And I have to give a quick shout out to your email newsletter. Um, it's called Jottings, right? It's called Jottings, yes. It's it's one of my favorite newsletters that I get. It's just so interesting. And it's it's a story every time. I think this last one, and I talked about this last week on the podcast while we had to postpone, but you had lost power for 30 hours. And your newsletter was just really telling the story of, of having lost power. And you found like other content ideas you were giving through that. And there was a picture of you playing like a board game with like the Monopoly. And it was like flashlights hanging from the ceiling as you're yes. like, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it really like humanizes you and your business, I feel like. And yeah. And that's and a I was big just say, Yeah, I was gonna just say that's one of the things that I work with contractors with. Some of them really embrace the storytelling piece of it and sharing just enough of your personal life to connect with your readers. Okay, so that's exactly what you were just saying about my about my newsletter. Um, and, you know, I have clients who share stories about, you know, having to homeschool their grandkids, or, you know, they got to touch the Stanley Cup, you know, so they show pictures of the Stanley Cup, um, you know, and others want to have it be a little bit more about business, and that's fine. But I think that no matter what, you have to find that balance where you are trying to connect on a human level with your audience and with your readers. Um, so I do appreciate the compliment and I work really hard with my uh, clients to try to find whatever they're comfortable with in sharing um, that little bit of personal glimpse into their life um, because people want to do people, people want to do business with people they know and trust, right? And the easiest way to get to know someone and trust them is just to know a little bit about their business. You know, if you have been reading my newsletter for any length of time, you know, I'm a huge Washington Capitals fan. I am an outdoors person. Uh, I love to hike and fish and do all that stuff. Um, you know, I have moved across the country there and back in a short period of time. So people know those things about my business. And I think that really connects. And I, I share that in my email newsletter. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think we're running up against time here. I have one last question that I love to ask, which is last tip before we dip. So it's a, you know, just a general blanket um, when you're working with clients, you know, it, what's the number one piece of advice that you're giving people right now, um, whether as it relates to their business or if it's looking ahead um, or, you know, anywhere in that realm? Sure. So, you know, content marketing is here to stay. So you need to embrace it and find what that is for your business and, and start. So if you haven't started, you need to start whatever that looks like, whether that's writing articles, starting an email newsletter, um, shooting videos, whatever, whatever that feels like for you, definitely start, keep taking tons of video or tons of digital photos and posting them on your website first, please. And then you can post them out to Instagram and Facebook and all those groovy places. So that's number one. If you haven't started, you need to start because it's here to stay and it really does pay off long-term on your business. If you have started, the other piece of advice is a lot of us have, 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 you know, 10 years worth of content on our website. Take some time to review that, revamp that, um, get to, uh, you know, use that, those SEO tools that are, they're really not that hard to understand, to be honest with you. So you just find those and, and make that content worked harder for you. Um, but yeah, you, you just need to start. I mean, and it, you know, and keep going with it because I think that that's, this, it's here to stay. 
That's awesome, Tess. Um, you know, for listeners that want to learn more about you and, and um, some of the consulting and the freelance gigs that you offer home improvement businesses, where can they learn more about you and your business? Sure. So I'm at TessWhitler.com and um, I have uh, a couple of freebies that I'm going to give to you to link in the show notes. One is what you, you already talked, we talked about both of them actually. So one was the 52 content ideas for residential contractors. It's just a free ebook um, that will help, you know, so you never have to be like, what do I write about next? It has all the ideas in it. And the other one is um, the 12 ways to use a project story in your marketing efforts. So some of the things we talked about when we talked about project stories, I have 12 specific ways that people can use those as well. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to check out that project story thing because that's so interesting to me. The fact that you're like, there's safes behind walls is the coolest. Like <laughs> there's something about a good, like safe story that gets me like really hyped up where I'm like, I have to see what's inside of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, awesome. Tess, thank you so much for joining me. Um, again, testwhittler.com. And I'm going to have everything linked on um, the blog that we're posting the video and the audio here. So um, again, thanks so much for joining. And I'm glad we got to connect after the ice storm that we had last year or not last year, last week. Last feels week. like a year. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Matt. It's been wonderful being here. <laughs>